Hey Hope Church, thanks for joining us today here for Hope at the Well. I'm Pastor Christine, the children's pastor here at Hope, and I've got a special guest, Taryn, also another children's pastor here with me. How you doing, Taryn? I'm doing good. How are you guys? Doing very well, you know, just rolling along here. Yeah. We are excited because we get to talk about some cool stuff today. Uh, we are going to discuss kind of just how to to do this season well that we're in. You know, it's a weird season going through a pandemic, something I never thought I'd go through in my life, but here we are. So we are going to look at the question um, and kind of in some different aspects of how do we respond versus react in this situation. So um, I think there's a lot of different ways we can go with that. Um, Taryn, overall, like how do we respond um, versus react in a situation like this? Yeah, that's a great question and a tough one, too, because I... I I was talking to a group of um, a group of my friends last week. Uh, we met on Zoom, um, and we were all talking about how how we're all reacting to to the moment. And I think there's definitely um, stages of like accepting what's going on and figuring it out as we go. So I'll be very honest that when this all first came about, and uh, especially when it started, when it really started hitting the Quad Cities area. Um, and affecting uh, my daily life is when um, I started reacting rather than responding. And I think um, there's there's a level of which like uh, when something just kind of happens overnight uh, that turns your life upside down or takes away your normal, um, it's impossible not to react to that. And, and what I mean by that is like, you know, at the very beginning when... Um, when rules and restrictions were starting to come out and really affect our daily lives. And, and I think that was happening on both sides of the river, uh, but it kind of felt like everything was changing every single day. And it was really hard to, um, it's really hard to ground yourself in a, in a level-headed response when everything is up in the air. Um, and so I think that's a really natural uh, feeling because uh, I know that even for me, like I was going to bed every night uh, really feeling anxious. And at the time I, I wouldn't have been able to say that I was anxious, but when I look back on my own self two weeks ago, I can see it for what it is uh, now. And being able to see that like, oh yeah, of course you were anxious because every single thing was changing every single day. And of course, as Americans, we're really good at planning things and we're really, uh, we, yeah. we rely on our plans. We rely on our calendars. So uh, when we have something set in stone, it, it really throws us for a loop uh, to not be able to look ahead at tomorrow and say I have to do this then I have to meet with this person then I have to meet with this person and then I have to go here or get the kids here or whatever and and especially even when we're responsible for children and spouses and everyone's asking us like well what what's going to happen tomorrow and we don't know ourselves it's really hard to respond in such a situation instead of react but now it's been three weeks I think we're heading into week number three uh here in the quad cities at least um 
and I feel like I'm getting more into a routine, um, even though my routine isn't really routine-y <laughs> that way, because every day still looks different, but I'm getting used to what does it mean to work from home? Uh, how do I connect with uh, my my uh, children from my, from my children's ministry? How do I stay connected with my families uh, from church? How do I, you know, as we've gone along, uh, the skills and the, the coping skills and tools are coming more fluently uh, where I don't feel like I'm just kind of in a whirlwind. And so uh, you, you certainly can't respond or you can't uh, respond when you're in a whirlwind. And so you have to be able to ground yourself uh, to be able to respond. And so now I feel like things are settling down is a weird way to say it, but I feel like it's settling down to the point where now I can respond rather than react. And responding for me looks like uh, grounding myself in God's word. Um, and I know that sounds super spiritual, but uh, this morning I was I uh, was writing a message for uh, our local mops group at our at our church and uh, pulling from from the story of Exodus and uh, in a time where everything was up in the air for them as well. Uh, they're about to go on this huge journey and and leave their normal. What was their normal at the time? All they had ever known. And God reminds Moses, uh, and twice in, in less than two chapters, um, the text is very clear that, that God makes it evident that he, he sees the Israelites, he hears them, um, he knows what they're going through, and that he remembers his promises to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and that he knows that that's who he is and that the promises that he's made and that he's come down to help them. And I find uh, great comfort in that, uh, in the knowledge that, no, I'm not the Israelites and I'm not escaping generational slavery, but uh, life has certainly been thrown up into the air and the normal that I used to have no longer exists. And so where is God in the midst of that helps me respond to know that God is a God I can trust um, in the midst that he sees me, he hears me, he knows me and uh, and that he is is the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob that I, I can trust in that God who keeps his promises and provides for us. So that that knowledge right there helps me respond rather than than react. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. I definitely have felt the similar way, you know, of at first being like, what is going on and, and just trying to figure out like, how do we navigate this? And, um, and then yeah, coming to that place of realizing, okay, this is where I'm at, but this is how I want to respond in this situation. Um, and really know that God can use this in amazing ways. Like, um, he can grow us in the difficult times like that. That's where yeah. growth really place. And so understanding that and realizing that God is in control, even though it's crazy, um, just leaning into that is super important during times like this. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in, in view of all of that, how would you see, um, personally, uh, walk walk through a situation like this and, and keeping the right mindset and things like that? Oh yeah. Um, that's a great question. I think, yeah, it's been a, a journey, uh, mental health wise. Uh, I think it's important to, 
to check in with yourself um, and, and see where you're at. Uh, that can be a difficult thing to do on your own. But, um, you know, some of the things I think when our normals have been ripped out from under us, um, I think that becomes a huge, a huge uh, vulnerability spot for for our mental, emotional, and spiritual health to take a dive uh, because we kind of go into survival mode um, when something like this happens. And, and what's, what is crazy is that it's a communal thing. So, of course, none of us have ever lived through a pandemic and we're all figuring it out as we go. Um, and there's a lot of fear uh, right now. Uh, there's a lot of panic uh, right now. And so it, it adds even to our sense of, of who we are and what we need to do. And so when we're frantic, uh, like I said before, for the first question, when we're frantic, we can't respond. Uh, and so part of that response rather than react is to take an inventory of where we're at. I know for me, uh, my mental health was one of the first concerns uh, as I looked at the uh, possibility of having to go into stay-at-home orders. Uh, I'm a single person. I don't have children at home. And so, uh, and while I enjoy a lot of the pros of that life, I was definitely scared about what does it mean that I can't be a part of any of my communities and have, uh, have that people-to-people -people, uh, sharing and relationships that always kind of get me through um, any of the hard times or uh, when I need a hug or when, you know, any of those things. So for me, it was taking an inventory and really uh, keeping a watch on, on that, similar to what I would do for my physical health. If I had an open wound on my arm, I'd be watching it every day. And I'd be like, oh man, you know, and I'd give it the medicine it needs and I'd make sure that it was covered with the right uh, bandages and all, I'd be washing it out and taking really good care of it. And that's the same thing with our mental health. I think it's really important during these times because there's so much coming at us. Um, from social media, from the news, uh, from when we go out into the store and we can't find bread. You know, all of those things are giving us information that can cause a an internal response that if we're not uh, being cognizant of that, if we're not being intentional about taking care of ourselves mentally, we're going to find ourselves in trouble. And so for me, I think a uh, big thing for me has been um, – just taking that inventory every day, like I said, I wake up and I and I and I want to ground myself and say, oh, where am I right now? And not that I have to stay down. Some some mornings I've woken up and I've just felt down uh, that I haven't been able to see people and hang out. Uh, I do taekwondo. I, I'm a martial artist, and that's a huge part of my life. And not having that right now has been difficult. Um, but an answer to that has been, uh, you know, I want to meet uh, some of my classmates on Zoom, and it's not great, and it's not like being in class. But just doing it together, uh, even if we're not looking at each other because uh, we're turning around and doing all kinds of things off camera, but uh, just having that community, another way to have community around us has been huge for me uh, personally. I think, um, you know, people with kids, they, they've had trouble because they're trying to get their kids through through this as well mm -hmm. um, and going like, how do I help my kids through this? Um, they're sad that they can't go to baseball and they can't do dance and there's things at elementary school that they were uh, looking forward to and they're missing. And so, you know, as parents, I think that they have an extra burden on their shoulders trying to get their kids through that. Um, 
And so being honest with yourself, honest with your spouse, even appropriately honest with your kids of saying, hey, kids, like this is hard for mom and dad, too, uh, you know, and, and giving space, uh, giving space and labeling things for what they are. So when something's hard, saying it's hard. Um, when you're struggling on a certain day, say like, man, I'm really struggling. I miss my community. And then building those opportunities back into your schedule. So, um, you know, everyone's being creative right now, which is a wonderful <laughs> gift. We're all trying to figure out how how do I connect yeah. while I stay at home? Uh, which is a huge pro that's coming out of out of a really hard time. We're connecting in ways that um, you know we always had the ability to, but we never had the necessity to. Right. So finding, you know, figuring out those ways of I'm connecting with people in different ways than I ever have before utilizing technology that's always been around. And so it's, mm -hmm. it's quite a, an amazing gift. So our mindset is, is partly from us taking an inventory and partly, I think, from choosing to take a positive mindset as well uh, and an imbalance of each other, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I think realizing where we are and like acknowledging like, okay, this really is how we're feeling helps us to get to that place of, of peace and joy. Kind of like when you're, you're overwhelmed and you go to God in prayer and you're like, Hey, this is how I'm feeling. And you pour your powder out to him. When you leave, you feel better because you yeah. realize, okay, this is where I'm at. And, and God hears those prayers. So there's different ways I think you can, can navigate through that. Sometimes for me, that looks like just going on a walk and talking to God or just thinking through, okay, where am I at? How am I feeling? Um, and, and acknowledging that. And then I'm able to move on. Um, when we just stuff everything down, that doesn't usually make for a good combo. So um, yeah, that's really good. And you touched on this a little bit, but in regards to as a parent or sibling or whatever family dynamic that looks like, um, how do we help our family through this? Oh, yeah. Uh, gosh, I, it, that's a tough one. It's been, it's been so, so hard for a lot of my families that are at my, at my church. And, and I think um, a huge part of that is what age and stage your kids are in mm -hmm. and their ability to comprehend what's going on um, is, is definitely a factor in this. So when you have, you know, three and four year olds that don't yeah. have that logic and rational side of their yeah. brain fully developed, um, it can be really tough for them to understand understand like why can't we go to the park and why can't I go over to so-and-so's house or why can't grandma and grandpa come here um and that's yeah. really tough and I think having to use the right language for for those younger kids especially of saying like mom and dad have to keep you safe right now and this is the best way for us to keep you safe that's and as, as soon as it's safe for us to have friends over again or to go to grandma and grandpa's house that's what we're going to do you know using it in those basic uh language but putting it in their understanding that it's not just mom being mean or um you know or being restrictive that it's, it's for their safety most kids can understand uh safety um and then of course as they get older they're a little bit more aware of what's going on in the world they understand that school has been uh postponed or even canceled in some places they they understand that there's a there's a scary disease going around and so i think that um as they get older of course it's certainly easier to talk with them about it but it doesn't make their disappointment any less yeah. real or, or or scary so i think that um a huge part of this is again validating their feelings if we're feeling this way as adults they're feeling this way as kids they just don't have the more articulate language most of the time to express it and so as kids when they're feeling scared 
when they're feeling anxious, uh, when they're disappointed, when they're mad, it typically comes out in their behavior. And so we, we might see a little more aggression than we're used to. We might see more tears uh, than what they normally uh, show. We might, um, we can see it in their eating habits. So they all of a sudden they're not hungry when they normally are, or maybe they're extra hungry. Um, you know, all of those things are signs for kids that there's inner turmoil going on and they need help expressing it. So I think as a parent, we can be uh, especially watchful over just uh, some behavior changes and recognize that behavior changes are going to be a part of this. Their world right. got thrown upside down as well. Um, and their normal got thrown upside down as well. So not expecting children to have an adult-like response, because if you look at the adults in the world, in the news, adults aren't responding to this any better. <laughs> so, right. uh, by and large, you know, and so when our survival instincts have been tapped, with this and with survival instincts comes like survivalistic behavior. So I yeah. think uh, with kids as well, like we have to expect kids to act like kids. And and so again, they don't, you know, even more so the eight and nine and 10 year olds, they don't have that logic and rational side of their brain completely formed either. And so, um, so expecting them to be kids, allowing them space to be disappointed and sharing in their frustration, validating their emotions is huge with kids. And so being able to say like, yeah, I'm so sorry that your baseball season got canceled. I know that was a big deal for you. Um, you know, even down, I had I had a parent the other day. She said that um, she was shocked her sixth grader um, uh, just lost it when she realized that she wouldn't have sixth grade track day. And apparently she's been waiting her whole elementary career for sixth grade track day. And her mom was like, I hadn't even heard her talk about it, you know. Um, yeah. Recognizing that at that moment, for that little girl that was real uh that was a real loss she was experiencing and so we're all experiencing losses um all across the board every age that we are we're all experiencing losses and therapeutically um that term is called ambiguous grief or ambiguous loss and so it's a loss that um all of loss, for the most part, is something we can't control. But loss like this is is similar to the death of someone, but without the funeral, without all the rituals at the end to be able to say goodbye uh, and acknowledge that this is lost. So we're just losing stuff, and and we have no ability to say, okay, this is when it's going to get started back. Or or uh, for some people, they're you know for high school seniors, oh my goodness, they're losing their graduation. That's a big deal. And so rather than minimizing it and going like well you don't need it oh it's just a piece of paper oh it's that no it's not that it, it's a it's a real thing that they're losing so I think helping our family members means giving them space to grieve um, giving them space to express their emotions uh, in a healthy way and even as the, as young as they are like giving them labels for that so when you see their anger or their tears being able to come in and tell them what they're feeling they need your help uh, to label what they're feeling for what it is so being able to say like I know that I see that you're angry is it because you can't go play with your friends? Because that, that that's how you, you're feeling sad. You know, those kinds of things. They need our help with that. So that's what I found has been really helpful uh, with kids as we're navigating this all together day by day. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, something else that I've seen too, along with all of that, is trying to figure out like how to be together as a family all the time. Yeah. And also how to do school at home or 
um, just kind of what that looks like in, in their own lives. And what I'd say to that, especially as someone who was, was homeschooled is just to give lots of grace. Like we are dealing with this loss. And so some of the things that we would normally be doing are not going to take place. And that's just kind of our reality. Um, and giving that space for those, those emotions to, to walk our kids through that, because in the, in the long run, you know, we can learn math another day, but learning how to handle these emotions in a healthy way is, is really important. Yeah, that's such a great, yeah, that's such a great word. Um, it, it's hard. And uh, most parents weren't called to that homeschool life. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. everyone's tried to figure it out. And Facebook and social media have always been points of like comparison. And then I think when yeah. we're, we're on lockdown, when we're at stay at home orders, it becomes even more so. And so, right. you know, a lot of parents navigating that world of like, oh my goodness, I wasn't built for this. And then I see so-and-so mom posting like her right. Pinterest homeschool and it's like you don't have to be that way like <laughs> and so many of my friends are are educators in the public school system and they're and you know listen to your educators who are saying it's okay and it's okay if your kids aren't learning their math right now and and we're going to figure this out together and and when we get back to school you know if that happens at the end of this year great uh, if it if it if we don't see each other until august your kids are going to be fine they're going to be yeah. fine and and their educators or teachers are going to know what happened at the end of the school year and i'm sure they're going to plan for that at the beginning of the year so yeah i yeah i i second your encouragement to just don't worry uh, about trying yeah. to figure that out. You, you weren't designed to teach your kid. Like if I had kids and they were learning calculus, they'd be in the <laughs> river without a paddle. <laughs> like, I'd just be like, sorry, kids, I can't help you. So uh, yeah, managing those emotions are way more of a life skill than trying to memorize facts right now. Yeah. Yes. So echo your sentiment. Great word. Yeah. Yeah. So the last thing uh, I want to look at is just kind of how, so um, how do we respond to like the community need and just what's going on around us? And I think in some ways we haven't even felt the full impact of things as time goes on and people are without a job longer and things like that. We're going to see more of it. Um, but just how, especially for whether we're on the spectrum of being in need or whether we're able to give, like how do we um, come around our community um, and just, and, and be the best we can in this situation? Uh, yeah, we were talking about that a few weeks ago at, at our church as well as like, how do we, um, you know, how do we be the church when we're all stuck at home? Right. <laughs> and it's easy, you know, when we look at the early church, like all they did was meet at home, right? They didn't have church yeah. buildings, but they were allowed to have each other over. And so right. in that sense of the word, it's like, oh, you know, how do, how do we be, how do we be our best version of the church when we're all stuck at home? Uh, and that's really difficult. I have found it difficult to answer uh, questions along those lines, uh, just because it's like, man, you know, I don't know we're all having to rethink this and again i think that's where you know uh we see that in places where um 
where uh, like the church is in persecution and we see this amazing like spread uh, when the church is forced underground there's this amazing uh, fire that just takes place and and the church just starts to spread the gospel begins to spread in exponentially and I think uh, in a similar way when we're forced outside of our box when our norm has been ripped out from underneath us it, it speaks uh, it drives a creativity that's it's never, never been, been before, before. Mm-hmm. and so so I think that um, we're seeing that. And to that degree, you know, I don't have all the answers of, of what, you know, what are the limits here? I think the sky is the limit for our yeah. imaginations and what, what God can do through each of us as individuals from our homes. And so what I see is that the community is responding um, and the church um, can certainly be a part of that community response in several ways. So I've seen... Um, you know, uh, I do not have the gift of sewing. I never have. Uh, do not ask me to make a mask for you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Uh, I'll donate my clothes all day long, but I can't, I can't, I don't know how to do that. I don't have that skill. So, um, you know, but I see groups of, of, of members of churches, uh, you know, making masks and churches being a drop-off point um, or, or even just getting the word out. You know, churches right now are, are really great at getting the word out. Like, here's a need. How can we fulfill it? Um, right. Churches beginning, you know, just like in the, in the New Testament where we see um, widows and orphans and the vulnerable, the particularly vulnerable, being taken care of by church members. So I know in our church, I've seen and I've talked with people on the phone who are, who can't get out, but other church members are, are calling them saying, do you have everything you need? We're, we're at the store right now. What do you need? You know, um, and, and just having a heightened awareness that there are people, even in your own church community, that have needs in addition to our community. And I think you're right, Christine, that we haven't seen the full impact of this yet as it keeps going and the economy becomes even more affected, uh, whatever this looks like, there will certainly be people that have a longer term impact um, by by all of this, and they're going to need us to continue being the church. And uh, and so what does that look like? Um, you know, with, with uh, small businesses, you know, I've seen a lot of people just Quad Cities doing this amazing job of looking out for small businesses and restaurants yeah. in particular. Um, there's a there's a Facebook group. I can't remember what it's called. Uh, I think it's QC Eats or something like that. And they're doing like they feature a different small business mm-hmm. restaurant every single day um, and say like order from this place today you know <laughs> kind of thing and I'm just yeah. like wow I never would have thought of that you know never would have thought of that and so it's just amazing to see how the community is responding and hopefully the church can continue to be um, I would hope a megaphone for the needs yeah. of the community and figuring out I, I, I would hope the church can be uh, the source of creativity uh, that we're the ones thinking of ideas that that other people get on board with um, because that is how God's people shine a light in, in times of need of being at the forefront of a response rather than at the back. Um, and so what's really cool, one of the things that's really cool in the midst of a scary situation is, is seeing the creativity. You know, uh, in January, on January 1st, if you had asked 
most of our churches, hey, do you do you think you want to go online? And we would have been like, no. <laughs> no uh, I'm comfortable doing exactly what I'm doing and let the people yeah. are building. And look at the church just thriving in the midst of something that's really difficult, yeah. unplanned, um, unforeseen circumstances and the church is, is spreading. So it, it's an incredible thing. And I think it's an opportunity for us to think yeah. outside the box. God has given us an opportunity. And so what will we do? Um, me personally, there's a nursing home that asked for volunteers to to do uh, online meetings with their grandparents. They're calling it adopt a grandparent. And so I signed up for that. Um, I, I filled out an application, but I haven't heard back yet. I think they've had so many applications they're having to go through it. I filled it out last week and I still haven't been partnered with anyone. But, you know, things like that, um, yeah. figuring out the ways to connect with our vulnerable, our weak, um, and even just side by side, you know, um, this is a great time to get to know your neighbors, not that you can have them over. Um, but <laughs> as Americans, you know, most of us don't, a lot of us don't know our neighbors. And so like yeah. being able to, um, to message them or drop them off, you know, just be thinking about those around you again, uh, being a light in a dark situation is how the church uh, is supposed to be. So that's what I, yeah. I see um, and how we can impact the community. Yeah, that's really good. Those are there's a lot of good points in, in what you said. Um, and yeah, and I agree that this is as as difficult as the situation is. It is also exciting because these are the moments where where God moves in amazing ways. And one of the things that I've been excited about is just seeing families come together in a new way um, and learn really how to worship together in their home. Like that's such a such a cool and unique thing that coming out of this so just yeah. keeping in mind as we go through this like those cool things that are coming out of it um and the impact that we're able to make agreed to yeah. our neighbors and and all of those things is is really yeah yeah well any last thoughts before we head out of here I would just say, you know, God asks us to trust him and, uh, you know, he, he never guarantees us that we're going to live a, an easy life. Um, this is not e an easy thing. Uh, it's, it's very real and, uh, it's hard. I want to, I want to so badly as a pastor to just look at you guys and say, everything's going to be okay. <laughs> and the reality is like, I don't, yeah. I don't have that knowledge. I don't, I don't have, I wish I could, but I, I can't, uh, promise everyone that it's going to be okay in the sense that we use the word okay or all right. Uh, but what I do know is that God promises, uh, to be present for us, to provide, um, and he he journeys with us. He's not aloof, you know, up in the sky, right. uh, just looking down. He he's active and engaged with us and who we are and our stories, and uh, and that is what he has promised us. So he doesn't ever promise us safety or security, but he does promise his presence, uh, which in that we can rest and we can trust. And so I think now, just like every other day. Um, relying on him uh on trusting him uh no matter what that day looks like uh, and sharing coming to him with our anxieties our fears all of those things um uh, and and leaning into to who he is and what his word promises that he he is and what he does for us as something we can trust in and right now we need something that we can trust in so i that's what my encourage where my encouragement goes yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Yep. Just turning to him, setting our mind on him. I 
talked about that in the sermon a couple weeks ago, just setting our mind on him. And every morning when we wake up, even though we are sure what, even what the day holds, he knows. And, um, you know, we, we ask him to give, give in, in the Lord's prayer or give us the daily bread. And he already knows what we need for that day. He, he knows what, what that is and he's going to give us everything we need. Hmm. So, Awesome. Thanks so much for joining us today, Thanks. Karen. It was a lot thank of fun. You. Yeah. What a great, what Thanks. a wonderful opportunity, a privilege. So thank you so much. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, it was a joy having you. Hope Church, thanks so much for joining us here at Hope at the Well. We hope that you found it refreshing and encouraging and that you will join us again next week. 